Welcome to the Rockcast. How you feel, people? So glad you could join me. I've got so much to talk about today. I'm going to play some cool tunes. I've got some top tens. I'm going to tell you what I've been watching on TV. And as always, I'll be answering some of your questions. And so I'm probably going to be all over the place on this episode. And it may be a little random at times, but who cares? Well, let's get it going with some comments and questions about the last episode. First up, Matt Core said, Awesome podcast, Monty. I think one of my favorites to date. Listened to it while I was driving across Canada. I remember the first GC album when it came out. I'd never heard anything like it, but I loved it. Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, a lot of people seem to really enjoy it that I went through the whole first GC album and broke it down, and uh, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, next, Brian Sheafley had some questions. I promised him that I would answer. And the first one is, is there a version of Sea of Tranquility out there with your extended intro? I would love to hear this as you initially intended it. Well, Brian is referring to the bass solo that I had recorded for the song uh, Sea of Tranquility, but it got chopped off in the mastering. And no, there's no other version of it, but uh, I do do a bass solo when we play live. And basically, I'm just making a lot of noise with my distorted bass. And you can see and hear that uh, if we ever happen to play again. I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Now, Brian's second question is, which Galactic Cowboy riff is more fun to play live? Sea of Tranquility or Psychotic Companion intro? And I would have to say they're both fun, but uh, I like the Sea of Tranquility intro. I love playing that song, and we actually haven't played uh, Psychotic Companion in a long time. But maybe we'll have to add that to the set list, you know, if we ever play again. Not going to happen, is it? And finally, Brian's last request was he'd love to hear some behind-the-scenes stories from that now-legendary tour when GC was opening for Dream Theater back in 93. Yeah, that was a great tour. We had so much fun. Those guys were so good to us. And they were starting to get really big, and so uh, we were playing these big theaters all over the U.S. And when I think back on it, it really seems kind of strange to me now. Like, how did that happen? Because going in, I mean, I knew they were a great band and great musicians and all that. But when I think of Dream Theater now, they're just kind of considered these prog gods and these virtuosos that nobody can touch. And if we did it now, it would probably be really intimidating. But in 93, we just went out there every night and just did our thing. We just rocked and uh, had fun. And while we were on that tour, I think we kind of rubbed off on those guys just a little bit. I mean, from day one, they were like, man, you guys' vocals are killer. And they started having us come on stage every night and sing the background vocals to take the time. 
And we'd be running around up there, and I'm sure some of their prog nerd fans uh, really hated that. But they seemed to have fun with it too, and Portnoy started coming out on stage with us to do Pump Up the Spacesuit. And by the end of the tour, Kevin Moore, their keyboard player, was wearing shorts on stage. But honestly, they took their music very seriously, and uh, you know, I've never seen musicians practice as much as they did. Like, uh, once in a while, I'd go into one of their hotel rooms, and uh, there'd be my young sitting there with his bass, uh, practicing riffs like at, uh, you know, 10 in the morning. And I'd say, wow, John, you just practice all the time. And he said, well, you kind of have to to play this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, that makes sense. But uh, it was a great tour for us. We made a lot of fans on that tour. And I actually watched uh, one of the shows from that tour on YouTube the other night. And I didn't really intend to, but I ended up watching our entire set. And I gotta say, I think that may have been us at our peak. We were just really tight at that point. The vocals were on. And man, we just tore that stage up like a bunch of maniacs. And so, yeah, that was some good times. Now let's go to something else. All right, let's see. Uh, Okay, the next question is from my old pal, Dan the Man Cunningham. Dan's been listening for years. He's a uh, Rockcast Hall of Famer. And his question is, hey, Monty, are you ready for some football? It might be fair and about time to ask that damn question. Well, yes, Dan. As a matter of fact, I am always ready for football. And as usual, I will be rooting for my Kansas City Chiefs, even though I live in Colorado now, and I've had people ask me if I was going to root for the Broncos, and of course the answer to that is hell no. I can't root for the Broncos because they're the Chiefs' bitter rivals. But I built a cool little man cave here in my studio, and I can watch up to five games at once. And so I'm all about the NFL on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. But I'm basically just a sports fan, and I'll watch just about anything. Like, my girlfriend Alex and I like to go to the Colorado Rockies baseball games, and we went to 11 games this season, and uh, it was just a blast. However, I will say this, it's a little bit weird uh, at Coors Stadium. It's a great ballpark, and I love the Rockies. But every time we go, just about half of the crowd is rooting for the other team. I'm serious. Like a couple of weeks ago, we went to see the Dodgers play the Rockies, and you would have thought we were at Dodger Stadium. All these people are wearing the Dodgers jerseys, and every time they'd get a hit or do anything good, uh, the crowd would just explode like uh, they were rooting for the Dodgers. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? And to be honest, it kind of pissed me off. Because I love the Rockies players. They just seem like really good guys. And I wish more people in Denver supported them, but I don't know. Maybe they need, uh, like, some gimmicks or something. And I'd be glad to help them out with some ideas if they're interested. For example, they've got this one player named Ramel Tapia. And I told Alex, you know what he should do is change his first name to Lemion. And she said, why? And I said, well, because, you know, when he was out and about meeting girls, they'd probably say, "Uh, what do you do? And he'd say, well, I play for the Rockies. And they'd say, oh, really? Well, what's your name? And that's when he would say, Lemion, Lemion Tapia. 
And they'd say, whoa, what did you just say? And he said, let me on top of ya. <laughs> so anyway, you know, uh, that kind of thing could stir up some interest in the Rockies. Uh, that's all I'm saying. You're sick. But anyway, like I said, uh, you know, I'll watch just about anything except maybe uh, soccer or golf. Uh, but, uh, you know, the other day Alex was telling me that she used to like to watch horse jumping. And it turned out that Alex used to ride and jump horses herself when she was younger. And then she started telling me a lot about that sport that I did not know. For instance, she told me that to successfully compete in that sport, you had to have a really good horse. And those horses were extremely expensive. And she was telling me that Bruce Springsteen's daughter was actually an Olympic medalist. And that she had started at a really young age. And I said, oh, well, yeah, I could see that. It probably went something like, uh, you know, she walks in when she's six years old and she says, hey, daddy, would you buy me a horse? And Bruce says, oh, well, I don't know, baby girl. Uh, how much is it going to cost me? Aren't those horses like $100,000? And she probably went, yeah. And that's when Bruce said, oh, well, yeah, no problem, baby girl. We'll get you the best horse that money can buy. And his daughter said, uh, well, thank you, Daddy. And he said, well, yeah, you go on now. I'm writing a song. And it goes like this. The problem with the world today is evil, rich Republicans. Yeah, it's old, rich, white men. That sucked. Anyway, all that to say, yeah, I'm ready for some football, Dan. But I'll watch just about anything, including horse jumping. But uh, I'll tell you a little bit later as to what I've been watching. Right now, I'm going to answer another question. And this one comes from Paul Stenning, who says, Hey, Monty, how's it going? Ah, well, thanks for asking, Paul. Uh, actually, it's been going really well for the most part. The move to Colorado has been just what I needed. Getting away from all the bad memories and the uh, bad energy that was uh, my life in Missouri, or as I like to call it, misery, that has been a great thing. And in September, the weather was just amazing here. I'd walk outside every day and just go, oh my God, how did I get here? It'd be like 70 degrees. I'd look at the mountains and the trees and uh, just go, wow, this has got to be paradise. However, you know me, even when I've got it good, I can always find something that will irritate me. And as I told you on a previous episode, uh, my girlfriend Alex is a drummer. But she stopped playing years ago and I told her, you know, you ought to start playing again. And she said, well, I'd like to, but I don't have any drums. And so I went out and I found these cool drums. Uh, we bought them off this guy. And they were this beautiful set of black pearls. And we're in an apartment complex, but we rented this little garage where I keep all my equipment in there. And I said, you know, we can set those drums up in there and you can go in the garage, shut the door and play all you want. 
So she sets him up, she goes down there around noon, starts practicing. The next day, Alex gets a call from the apartment manager and they said, well, somebody's complained about the drumming. And even though the garage is outside and it's not connected to any apartment, somebody could hear it. And mind you, there's a train that goes by the apartments about 10 times a day and ambulances and motorcycles and trash trucks at seven in the morning. But God forbid somebody is playing the drums. But she told him, okay, I'll stop. And uh, I told her, you know, maybe someday we'll have a house. But until then, I want you to be able to play. So I look on Facebook Market and uh, I find this really nice set of electronic drums. So I bought her those and we set them up in the living room and I hooked up this little mixer and some headphones and I go here, now you can play and not bother anybody. And so she's been practicing for the last couple of weeks and all you can really hear is uh, kind of a little thud from the uh, bass drum pedal. And we thought, great, problem solved. But oh no, a couple of days ago, Alex gets a call from the apartment manager and she says, sorry, but the guy that lives below you complained about your drums. And I got to tell you, this time it just pissed me off. And I thought, you know, what kind of intolerant pussy can't handle a little thumping for one hour a day around noon? I'd get it if I set up my bass rig and was shaking the walls or something. But no. I mean, I've lived in apartments over the years and I've dealt with people blasting their stereos. And I even lived next door to somebody that had a set of drums and he would practice like at eight in the morning and wake me up every day. And I never complained once. You know why? Because I have lived for about the last 45 years with people telling me, could you please turn that down? Whether it was my car stereo or somebody could hear my guitar. And I'm just sick of it. It's not like uh, we're making noise after 10 o'clock at night. But these days we live with a generation of entitled little pussies. And they think the world revolves around them. And they don't feel like they should be inconvenienced at any time. But I'm sorry, some of us are musicians and we're not pussies. And sometimes we have to make noise. And if you don't like it, uh, move. It, it begins to drive me into a frustrated rage. Okay, well, Paul Stinning also sent me a top 10 list. And I no longer read every single list that I get, nor do I have the top 10 playoffs anymore. But when I get a really good one, I read it. And for some reason, I thought this one was really good. Because this is Paul's top 10 sayings or descriptions used by Monty Colvin in the greatest podcast in the history of mankind. And it starts with Colorado. Say it again. It sounds welcoming. Yeah, I hope you won't get sick of me talking about Colorado, but I do really love it here. It's beautiful and the people are so nice. Like, noticeably nice. Like, uh, it seems like people are in a better mood here. Oh, really? Well, except for the assholes who live downstairs. Everybody else is really nice. Maybe it's the weather, maybe it's the mountains, but everyone has just been really friendly to me so far. And I don't know if this is a reason, but one of the things that is different here in Colorado is that pot is legal. <laughs> and I don't smoke pot myself, I never have. 
But when I lived in Missouri, a lot of people did. But they never really seemed that happy, and maybe it was because that pot was illegal. And so they were always worried about getting busted. Right. But like I said, here it's legal, and we will literally get stuff in the mail advertising for places that uh, sell the paraphernalia. And the other day, we got this little flyer for a store called Puffs Head Shop and Tobacco. And I have no idea what some of these products are, but uh, apparently you can use them without fear of going to jail. All right. Number nine on Paul's list is Ben Huggins. That sounds so cuddly and represents the greatest band in the history of mankind. Well, yes, Paul, uh, Ben does appear to be cuddly and a little hairy at times. And he has quite a fine singing voice. <laughs> He's a nice man. Number eight is The Awful Truth and David Von Olerking, the craziest name and dude, it seems. Von Olerking sounds like a fantasy character in an 80s computer game. Yeah, I probably have mentioned The Awful Truth uh, just a time or two on this show. And the interesting thing about David Von Olerking that you may not know is that he's kind of like me these days in that he mostly does art, as far as I know. I haven't talked to him in years, but I've seen a lot of his paintings and he's really good. Our styles are way different, but uh, apparently that's uh, mostly what he's doing from what I've seen and, uh, you know, good for him. Okay, let's see. Next at number seven is In Flames. Yeah, I love saying In Flames because uh, it's just a badass name. You can't help but say In Flames. And I love the band. And one cool thing is Chris Broderick, who used to play with Megadeth, is now playing with In Flames. And his girlfriend is Stephanie Cabral, who was the photographer on the photo shoot for our last album. And she's great. She did a great job. I'm sure you've seen some of those amazing photos. And there you go, a little tidbit about In Flames. I don't know who that is. Okay, number six is really good because Paul says anything regarding LeBron James and the almost inexplicable hatred exhibited by the host, meaning me. Uh, he says, I'm English, I don't get it, but I like your passion. Yeah, I've never tried to hide it. I absolutely despise LeBron James. I think he's just an egotistical jerk that has really just ruined basketball for me. I can't hardly watch it anymore. But Paul, here's somebody else that I hate. He's on your list at number five, Anthony Fauci. I will scream it from the rooftop. This guy is an absolute fraud and he's been wrong about everything. And yet somehow people still listen to him. I don't know why. Because in the beginning, it was, no one needs to wear a mask. It might make you feel better, but they do absolutely nothing. But then suddenly it was, everyone needs to wear a mask. Possibly two or three at the same time. <laughs> no. Number four on Paul's list is Rammstein. Oh yes, I love to say that because I love Rammstein. I was gonna go see him about a year ago and uh, then the whole world stopped because of COVID. 
but they rescheduled it and now they're supposed to be in Chicago a year from now and we've already got tickets and I will be seeing Rammstein. That song was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Number three on Paul's list is And Rock On. Well, yes, that is the way I end every show. And really, uh, you know, it's just good advice. I think each and every day we should all just take a little time and rock on. Because honestly, that's just a good thing. And something else that's a good thing, according to Paul, is number two, Anything with Jimmy Jeff. Oh man, uh, Jimmy Jeff. I wonder whatever happened to that guy. I have not spoken with him since I left Kansas City, but I'll need to reach out to him soon and uh, see if we can get him back on the show. Hell yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. I think I'll do that. Damn straight. And finally, on Paul Stinning's Top 10 Sayings and Descriptions by me, Monty Colvin, At number one, it's don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me. Well, job well done, Paul. Thank you for sending that to me, and thank you for listening. And you know, I do occasionally like to give advice because, you know, I like people and I like helping them. That's not true! And I thought of something the other day that might be of great benefit to a lot of you guys who are married or have a girlfriend. And I realize you may be a little bit hesitant to follow my advice because let's face it, in the past, uh, when it comes to relationships, I've kind of been a big loser. That's right. But the thing is, I've made so many mistakes in the past that uh, I think I've finally learned a couple of things. And so allow me now to impart my knowledge onto you in a new short little segment I like to call Monty's Relationship Advice Corner. I don't want to hear it! Okay, so this advice has to do with this time of year. It's October, it's the fall, and we've got Halloween coming up. 
Which means only one thing. Your wife or your girlfriend is going to want to go out and shop for decorations. Now, as a man, you're not going to understand this because we don't give a damn about decorations, right? God help us all! Exactly. For us, it's the fall, which means football. But for women, it means they need to go out and spend $50 to $100 on artificial leaves and pine cones. They will also, more than likely, want to buy a couple of pumpkins. Even though the pumpkins are going to sit outside your front door and eventually rot. And I know, you're not going to understand any of this. To you, it's going to be a waste of time and a waste of money. But here's my advice. Just go with it. She's going to want you to go to Hobby Lobby or some craft store. And you're going to be tempted to say, I'm bored. Uh, Why do we need this stuff? But don't. Just let it happen. Because here's the deal. We're never going to understand their need to decorate. Why? Because we're men. I don't think they even know why they want to decorate, but they do. So just smile, bite the bullet, and just say, oh, cool, pumpkins. And as long as they don't make you carve one, then, uh, you know, you should be okay. In your heart, you know he's right. So I hope that helps. Now, if you're one of these people that loves Halloween, well, I've got something special for you. Something I've been doing every October for years here on the Rockcast is I tell my scary stories. And so I'm going to do one now, but I got to warn you. If you've got children, put them to bed because this is not for the weak of heart. I'm pretty sure this is the scariest story I've ever told. And so you've been warned. Once upon a time, in a land that used to look a lot like America, a man woke up, got out of bed, and took a walk outside. He headed down the street, and he passed by a school where there were a lot of children running around on the playground. He stopped and looked closer, and he saw that all the children had on masks. And then he noticed all the teachers had on masks. He was confused why anyone would be wearing a mask outside, but he continued on down the street. He ended up at a grocery store, but before he could enter, somebody stopped him at the door and demanded that he put a piece of paper over his face. At first he thought this was ridiculous, but he agreed and went on in. But when he got inside, he looked around and realized everyone in the store had a piece of cloth over their nose and their mouth. (coughs) The man started to freak out, and he thought to himself, what kind of retarded twilight zone have I found myself in? The man quickly turned to one of the employees in the store and said, what the hell is going on? The employee turned to him and said, The man shook his head and said, What did you just say? After several minutes of trying to decipher what that person was saying through their mask, he could only gather that everyone should be very, very afraid. Especially if you've been vaccinated. Because you see, even though a vaccine should keep you safe from a disease, It apparently doesn't keep you from getting a disease from somebody who wasn't vaccinated. Ah! And that's when he realized, oh, there is truly good and evil in this world. 
And the evil ones are the non-vaxxers. Oh my god! The man was shook to his very core. However, he did continue shopping. He walked over and put his hands all over the avocados. He touched numerous other items that no doubt hundreds of other people had already touched that day. But fortunately for him, he was wearing that paper mask that undoubtedly saved his life. When he returned home, he vigorously washed his hands for 10 minutes. And then he went into the living room, turned on his TV, and saw an old, rich, white guy warning people of the evil non-vaxxers. At first, the man started to get scared, and then he realized, wait a minute, this old guy is not only senile, I think he's the president. Ah! He said to himself, could it be I'm losing my mind? Or is this just some kind of horrible nightmare? Well, this was a nightmare, alright. Only problem was, this was not a dream. This was actually happening. <laughs> That's terrifying. Sticking with the Halloween theme, I'm going to review a new CD by a band that some people find absolutely horrifying. They scare the living hell out of me. That's right. A few years ago, I was listening to a podcast, and there was a guy on there who said, well, it's a well-known fact that Satan worshipers just love Iron Maiden. And I can't really say for sure if that's true or not, but I will say if it is true, then Satan worshipers have really good taste in music. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think you have to worship Satan to like Iron Maiden, because that would disqualify a lot of people, including me. I just like Iron Maiden because they make good albums, they write great songs, and they're great live. So what do I think of their new album, Sinjutsu? Well, I'll start from the beginning. When I heard the first single, Writing on the Wall, I did not like it. I thought, what is this, uh, Fleetwood Mac, or have they gone Southern Rock on me? And to be honest, that made me not so excited to hear the rest of the album. But of course, I have to because it's Iron Maiden. So I got it, and I made it about halfway through the album, and it struck me as kind of boring. Some of the songs seemed too long especially some of the intros. But I forced myself to listen to the rest of it, and then I listened to the whole thing again and again. And after about the third time through, I started to be okay with it. In fact, there was a lot of it that I liked a lot. However, I'm gonna warn you, there's a few moments on here where you're gonna think of that scene from Spinal Tap where little dwarves are dancing around Stonehenge. But there's also some great moments. There's some great uh, guitar solos. And yes, there's galloping bass, but that's just Maiden doing what they do. 
And there's a lot of stuff on here that you'll think you've heard before by Maiden, and you would probably be correct, but I'm gonna cut them some slack because ultimately this album makes me feel pretty good and it's pretty fun to listen to. It's better than Book of Souls, and if they play some of these songs on their next tour, it won't make me want to just walk out.
so that's some of the new Iron Maiden, but let's switch gears now and let me tell you what I've been watching on TV. Wow! So first of all, I watched a couple of documentaries because I love the docs. And one, I believe, was on Netflix, and it was about Leonard Skinner. And even if you're not a big fan of Southern rock, uh, it's still worth watching. Those guys were a bunch of crazy badasses, and they're a good example of what can happen when you just really work your butts off. They had this old, unair-conditioned building that they would practice in, and they just went in there and sweated it out day after day, hour after hour, until they got really good. And so I found that interesting, as well as I did the documentary about Val Kilmer called Val. Going in, I just remembered him as a great actor and this good-looking guy, but I wasn't expecting what I got. I'm not even going to tell you much about it. You should just watch it for yourself. But I will tell you that it's good, it's very interesting, but at the same time, it's really sad. But the best thing I can say about it is that it didn't make me mad, which is more than I can say about this season of Big Brother. Ugh. Now, first of all, let me explain something. There's a reality show on CBS called Big Brother that I've been watching for about 20 years. It comes on in the summer and it runs for about three months. They take about 16 people, put them in a house without TV or computers or phones or anything. Each week, somebody gets voted out until there's one person left who wins about a half a million dollars. Well, since it's network TV, the contestants have always been pretty much the same. You get a couple of black people, you get an Asian, there's always two or three male models, and a couple of hot chicks. You'll have a token nerd and a couple of gay people, and they all lie and deceive each other because they all want to win the money. Well, I've seen almost every episode all these years, and it never occurred to me that a black person had never won. Say what? Well, apparently this season, CBS decided that that was going to change. There was still the Asian, the nerd, the male models, and the hot chicks. But this year, about half the house was black, which was okay with me. I don't care. Or at least I didn't until all the black contestants formed an alliance and started voting anybody that wasn't black out of the house. Yeah, yeah. They called themselves the cookout, and each week, if your skin was not the same color as theirs, they would vote you out. And this was a fact that apparently none of the stupid white people in the house could figure out. In fact, all the members of the cookout were just using the white people to get the job done. And they got the job done all right. By the end, there was only six people left, and they were all African American. But that's not what made me mad. At a time when everybody is screaming racism and Biden is saying our biggest problem is white supremacy, here's a TV show blatantly promoting reverse discrimination. And honestly, it just kind of ruined the show for me. There was hardly any gameplay or strategy. It was just all about race. And instead of condemning it, which is what they would have done had all the whites voted all the non-whites out, CBS and Julie Chen applauded it, saying it was historic. So that's where we are in this day and age. 
I can't even sit down and watch a TV show without being slapped in the face with some kind of woke agenda. My response to you is shut the hell up! Anyway, that's some of the stuff I've been watching on TV. But let's see. Oh, I got a message the other day from Coon in Canada. Huh? What? That's his name. Uh, you know, at first I thought it was Cohen, but no, he tells me it's Coon. What the hell? Anyway, Coon says, hey, Monty, when you went to Megadeth, what were the restrictions? A mask or proof of vaccination? Here in Canada, no bands are touring yet, and we are the most vaccinated population. Well, thanks for the question, Coon. Yeah, when Alex and I went to see Megadeth, we walked up to the uh, will call window, not wearing a mask. And a guy that worked there walked over and went, uh, you're going to have to put a mask on. And so we did. We got our tickets. We went into the arena, walked all the way down to the floor, got down there, and nobody's wearing a mask. Well, I say nobody. I mean, there were thousands of people in there, and uh, maybe a few of them had them on, but not many. And so we took ours off and watched the whole show and had a good time. But that's kind of the way it's been around here. Uh, we went to all kinds of baseball games all summer long outside. No one wears a mask. And so far, no one's demanding you show proof of vaccination. But if they do in the future, well, I guess I'll be okay. Because yes, I'm going to go ahead and admit it. I did get vaccinated. What? I resisted for a long time. I had no plans of doing it, but I thought about it a lot. I talked to a lot of close friends who had gotten COVID, and I finally said, you know what? I'm 62 years old. I've got some health issues like type 2 and things like that. Maybe I should get it just to be safe. And I did, and hopefully the shot won't kill me. But other than that, my beliefs on a lot of this stuff still have not changed. I still maintain that these masks do nothing. I still support people's right not to get vaccinated. I still think all these mandates forcing people to get vaccinated are bullshit. And I totally believe that Fauci is full of shit. So if you're a non-vaxxer, more power to you. I totally respect that. And if you're a kid or you've got natural immunity, you shouldn't have to get it. But that's just me, in my opinion. I can't live my life in fear. Hopefully I won't get it, but uh, you know, I've got to go out and just live. So bring on the ball games, bring on the concerts. You're a kook! Okay, now for some odds and ends. I was really sorry to hear Norm MacDonald died. He was such a great comedian and he wasn't afraid to make fun of anything or anyone. And Norm MacDonald, he will be missed. Uh, I don't know who that is. Next, I did a podcast with a guy named Rob Lane. It's called the Straight to Video Podcast. We talk about a bunch of stuff that you might be interested in. Be sure to check that out. And be sure to go to my website, monicalvinart.com. As always, I've got paintings of rock stars on there. And if you want to contact me about doing a commission for you, feel free to do so. But I have something new on the website that I'm really excited about. For years, I've had people ask me if I have prints for sale. They'd be like, uh, you know, I really like your paintings, but I can't afford it. And it's not like my paintings are thousands of dollars. Uh, not yet, anyway. Most of them are between like 250 and 500 bucks, uh, unless it's something really big. But still, I just constantly got the, do you have prints? 
And I kept telling him, well, maybe someday. Well, now that I'm doing my art full time, I said, you know, maybe it's finally time. And so I started out with some Galactic Cowboy posters and prints. I've got one of Eddie Van Halen and Jimi Hendrix. And recently I put up all four members of KISS. And keep in mind, this is my artwork and it's not some crap you're gonna go into Spencer's and pay 10 bucks for. This is quality stuff that you can frame and it looks great. And most of them run about 50 or 60 bucks, which if you think about it, if you take your family out to dinner, you're gonna spend probably more than that on a meal that you're gonna crap out your butt the next day. At least with my artwork, you're gonna have it for the rest of your life. That makes sense to me. All right, I think I've covered everything. Uh, I'm gonna take you out with one more song. This is from a band called Era. It's spelled E-R-R-A. And oh my God, I love this album. One of the best I've heard this year. It's kind of a metalcore thing, but at the same time, they have influences from Tool. And I swear to God, the guitar player must have gone to the school of John Petrucci from Dream Theater. He's that good. So check it out and enjoy. But until next time, this has been Monty saying take care. Don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me. And rock on.
The end.